Hello, good day everyone. This is another episode of Magical First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I am your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my two wonderful co-hosts. Hey everybody, I am Ryan, the Japan hobbyist. Uh, just getting back home from work, but I'm ready to do hey. some uh, some reviewing and our other co-hosts. What up? It's your boy, Ashok. And, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to figure out what all these murders are about or something. I don't know. Hey, so if you listened to our last episode, you know what we're talking about mm-hmm. here is we're going to go through with our set review, new cards, everybody's favorite time with magic. Um, and this is going to be a Pioneer-specific set review yeah. of the new set. We're going to go through all of the cards that we think may have an impact in Pioneer. We're going to try and focus on ones that we know would fit into existing archetypes um, we'll try and point out anything that is powerful enough to you know make its own archetype we'll try and pick some ones that you know could you know fit into something less tier one you know whatever we kind of wanted to see like everything that we think might matter and then you know a few months later we'll see like okay there's only these four cards that mattered but you know that's how it always goes right so yeah. overall how do you guys feel about the set that's a good question why don't, why don't we start there <laughs> i felt pretty good going into it i was like oh yeah i remember all these cards and then i started like looking through and i was like whoa there's a lot more multicolored cards than i remember mm-hmm. that was really it uh i think there's like i think there's like a good chance like okay so we don't have innerstride crimson dial i can say that at least we will not mm-hmm. have that but there's a lot of these cards that i think are a lot more like either they're going to immediately see play or this set will die pretty quick not yeah. exactly be a crimson vow, but we're breaching that territory. There's a couple of cards that pretty that stand out to me as like, OMG, I cannot wait to play mm-hmm. with this card. But for the most part, I'm kind of like maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds about where I'm at. Is I'm kind of muted on a lot of things. It doesn't seem like, you know, anything that's going to be an obvious bomb. Anything that's going to be an obvious shakeup of the whole format. So I'm kind of like, you know, there's some cards here. It feels like I'm picking, picking like you know, the last of my draft cards, and I'm uh. What do you think, Ryan? How are you feeling about the set? Well, I think people enjoy drafting it. I think, uh, like we said last time, flavor win. You know, definitely a lot of flavor in this deck or this this set. Um, I think there's some good legends for EDH. I'm not really feeling it for Pioneer though, and I think it's just because this could be one of those sets that just kind of sets up future sets where like a card's not going to be good now but it's going to be good like two or three sets down the road yeah it was nice when they used to you know design things for standard formats and there'd be like a few sets that work together mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, I mean, no i need my commander deck to be up to date don't you remember hmm uh yeah of course all right well uh why don't we jump into it you know this will always be a long one we're gonna go through in a wooberg order and then rock out our top five usually um, we're going to try and keep it quick. Yeah. So if we've got ones that we're focusing too long on, we'll, we'll just give you a burn and tell you to move on. Yep. Or, uh, if, I don't have that you know, much. You know, my favorite refrain is Ryan will bring something up and I'll say, okay, what deck does this go in? And if there's no answer, let's not spend too much time. I on think it. I talked about all my jank. I got the jank out of me last time. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of jank this Ooh. time. You know, I talked okay. about well, my, still cr- see my like crankos and my whole clades and a stuff. Dozen car- so. <laughs> all right. Let's start off with white. Uh, who wants to go first? You know what? Who's I think I'm going to start it off with a pretty solid one. I don't think there's going to be any witnesses to this one. It's a card. No witnesses. Woo, I'm funny. Um, so it's for two white and a white. A sorcery that just says, each player who controls the most creatures investigates and destroys all creatures. We got a new wrath in the format. Um, it's like, its advantage is, is it's just mono white over like the, the supreme verdict, which is usually what blue white is. 
However, this just kind of allows that, like, other white X decks to have a pretty playable Wrath. Like, to populate was always kind of awkward. Um, I didn't really enjoy it. Even, like, if you're in black-white, you don't want to be playing Kaya's Wrath. That's just so, mm-hmm. so awkward. Yeah, so, like, we kind of have a more playable one for not white X decks to be, like, controlling. Or, like, even if you just want to be mono-white control, like, this one's pretty okay. Obviously, it kind of competes with, yeah. like, Sunfall a little bit. So, like, but if the turn four really matters, this is definitely the best one I think we have now in the pool. So, there's that. Cool. Eh. I'm not, I'm not sold on it. <laughs> I think there's just way too There's way too many. I mean, for, the four mana cost is good. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like the destroy all kind of slot is getting very, very packed, you know, in Pioneer. And it's going to have to do a lot to get to see any play. And I don't think this does enough. It is pretty specific. Uh, I'm excited about Delny Streetwise Lookout. Uh, you know, this is a three mana two two, which ah, definitely is a tough sell. It's very hard to say that a a two toughness creature that costs three is ever going to be playable in Pioneer. But I do really like the idea of you know doubling your triggers. I think we talked about this one a little bit yeah. last week, so I won't go too deep in it. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, think I was I very definitely excited about this card. Stuff. I was very excited about this card because like it screams toolbox. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more I said it last episode, bro. Voice research with this card. Oh my god, I'm so mm-hmm. excited. I'm so 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 excited. Cast spell on my turn. Two voice tokens. Death. Two voice tokens. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, very very nice. What do you got, Ryan? Um. If I'm moving on to another card, uh, I, I uh, you know, love Thraben Inspector, and I'm glad that you know it got another partner. You know, I guess you could say their their sidekick, the No Vice uh, Inspector. It's a one-two. It's basically the same thing. Human Detective. I think that's even the same typing, and it investigates when he comes into the battlefield. I mean, I see absolutely nothing different. Now Thraben is a soldier. Uh, oh. It's a human something. It's human soldier. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah human soldier. True. 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 Now, novice inspector here is a detective, which um, there was some detective matters stuff in this set, and I don't think that any of that's going to really matter for Pioneer because there's only just one, the set one typing that's different, but still, here. yeah, yep, yeah. I think the only thing that like might, might matter for this card is I think it might end up being a slight upgrade to um, uh, Voldar and Epicure in the Boros Convoke deck. Just having more of having these one two twos, of those, yeah, yeah. Like obviously the ping matters a lot, but like. The fact that you're going card neutral, it kind of yeah. sucks for that. Yeah, so being yeah. able to just like draw a card is just kind of nice. Yeah, a few percent. Yeah, that's going to be the big question. And I think that this also, if you're finally replacing Vildar and Epicure, core Epic, Epicure from yeah. that deck, um, I don't think that one damage sweepers mm-hmm. are going to be good at that deck at all anymore because they're just playing mono one twos in their one drops. Mm. Yeah, like it's only like a counter to Gleeful Demolition, but we have better counters to Gleeful Demolition than and the festivities. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, solid card. We'll we'll give uh, the Boros Convoke a, a few points, uh, percentage points. You know, a positive of of uh, winning percentage there. All right. You know what? I'm gonna go to Doorkeeper Thrall. It's a one and a Ooh. white, one two, flying flash. Artifacts and creatures enter the ability or enter the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. So we have a new hate bear kind of thing. Um, however, yeah. we've kind of seen like a hate bear a year in like Wizards' eyes. Like we got Elishnorn last year, mm-hmm. uh, Tokali's whatever, um, Strike Proctor. Like we just keep getting them. And so this is kind of this kind of like a mix between the Hushwing Griff and the uh, um with the Hushbringer, I think. Yeah, kind of, sorta. I don't both... think. This ends up seeing any play, but uh, I'm optimistic. 
A sideboard card, maybe. Yeah, I think the Oshkwaka party, you know, this doesn't have anything abusable like how we have with Lotus and the, uh, is that Hushbringer that does it? No, it's um, Strict Proctor that lets you do that. Yeah. yeah, so this is kind of like an extra copy of Hushbringer, which I don't think any deck was craving. Um, so it's nice to have it around. The Flash probably gives it more yeah. upside than you can actually the get some with it. But... Yeah, the Artifact's artifact. the new one, but like Artifact yeah. wasn't anything yeah. that like was being abused by Strict Proctor. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think that this card is like still... I think the entire draw to this card is the Flash. And is that yeah. enough to make me play it? I think the answer is maybe, but probably maybe. not. I mean, again, maybe in the future. We're going back to Kaladesh. There's going to be tons of stuff coming into the battlefield that are artifacts. Just, yeah, just saying. I'll hate some energy counters. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go for All it. Right, uh, I've got another one I want to talk about is Case of the Gateway Express. Uh, this is two mana enchantment. It's a case. When it enters, you choose a creature you don't control, and each creature you control deals one damage to it. Um, and then at the end of your turn, if you have three or more creatures that attack this turn, it permanently becomes creatures you control of plus one plus zero. Uh, I'm kind of interested in this kind of effect. I like this in the kind of thing that's going to be blinking it, um, kind of going wide with like tokens. I like that kind of deck, and I think that a two mana, even if it's only power increase, um, anthem effect does seem really strong. Yeah, this seems like maybe it could be really good in, like, mono-white humans. I don't know if it's enough to restore that deck, because that deck has other problems. However, it was playing cards like Ossification beforehand, and, like, you do already need to be a little bit more Mm. committed to the board for this. However, it does have a lot better text than Ossification. Yeah. Uh, Like, it will permanently remove the creature. Uh, When you're ahead, you're really ahead. Um, So maybe. I could see it. Yeah, I think it's worth trying out. Uh, can you want to talk about your other against? Probably yards? also slightly more blinkable. Yeah. You want to talk about your against yards card? Is that which you? one? The last That's one. The last one. Yeah. I added one more as a tenth district here. I wanted to shout out that I do like these kind of creatures that grow. Um, you know, this is a two-two that becomes a four-four vigilance that becomes a five-five uh, that gives your other creatures indestructible, and it's also legendary. Um, you know, that might be doable. Yeah, you know what? I'm down for more of these against the odds creatures. There's a good chance. Um, like we, we do have training grounds and stuff that exist in the format, so like maybe this is the best thing that can abuse the collect evidence type thing. But we still need a yeah, lot. The to cost right. isn't huge, and it you know threat of activation is not bad if you can just like attack with this as a two three, and they can't block it with something that's you know three power because you could just turn it into a four four. I think yeah, those also, types of go ahead. It's also not bound by sorcery speed, which is kind of nice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if those type, these type of decks that it would go into are going to have a lot of stuff in the graveyard that they can collect evidence with. Like collect evidence mm-hmm. for, collect evidence two. I mean, maybe I guess. I mean, for collect evidence two, right? This is a human, which I think is like yeah. pretty important to point out. So, like, we could theoretically, like, I don't know, if your Thalia dies, I boom mm-hmm. gone. Or if you have two of your two drops die, boom up. Like, it's not impossible. Because like it's a more of these one of these more like longer yeah. grindy cards, but uh, it does give fear, figure of destiny vibes. So maybe it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not okay. seeing any uh, any cards in blue. That I mean. <laughs> yeah, Ryan doesn't know what blue cards are. So uh, don't worry. we got two each. We can skip that if you guys want. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna reenact the crime that you just did. Honestly. Perfect. Uh, I'm gonna for Islands one blue, blue, blue. For one blue, blue, it's an instant that says XL target and all nine card in a graveyard. That was put there from anywhere this turn. Copy it. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. 
So this is obviously a little bit more of a buzz in modern because it's a little bit easier to, to get set up. Uh, however, I think there's still a chance that this does something in Pioneer. Uh, so we got to think, yeah. what is the biggest, dumbest idiot to be able to reanimate? Um, and right now, I think the answer is you, the Mog, the Ceaseless Hunger. Uh, being able to just like snipe two of your opponent's things. Uh, the hard part about this card is it has to get there in the graveyard this turn. So uh, the way that we can really do that efficiently in Pioneer is like Blood Tokens and uh, Fable. But you have to set it up a little bit differently. Um, and I think there's, like, even a pretty low floor because, like, you just have to, like, remove your opponent's shieldred and then you can just make your own shieldred. Um, well, turn three, uh, turn three fable, turn four, this works just fine. Uh, yeah, you, you can go, you can go into it. It just becomes a, it's just, I don't know, like, you need to be able to, like, set it up. Uh, it could work out. Well, the other one I think I look for is Magma Opus. You know, this yeah, doesn't yeah. say creature, it doesn't say permanent, mm -hmm. so you could just cast a Magma Opus that you discarded to make a treasure. Yeah, yeah, we can also aside, do right? Torrential. Yeah, we can do the Torrential, too. Yeah, yeah you can do both. Yeah, so there's a lot more popular things. So it's anything, any size. Like, if you have, like, a 10-mana spell that yep. you want to copy and make just for four, that's pretty good. Yep, but it has to be in the graveyard that turn, so it, it, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit more get, of a shorter window, but that's not impossible to a lot of these decks. We have a card called uh, Ledger Shredder. Ooh, but then you need to yep. cast two spells and then cast the four drop. Oh, that's that's tough, yeah. You can do it during your opponent's turn, though. It is yeah. an instant. They cast two spells and you uh, untap with Ulamog or something. Yeah, I like untapping with Ulamog. See, you said words I like, and then I understood. <laughs> All right, ready to move on. Okay, uh, I picked one that I don't know if it has. It doesn't even come close to having a home, but Cryptic Coat is three mana to cloak the top card of your library and then attaches equipment to it, and it gives the creature plus one plus zero unblockable, and you can pay two to return it to your hand. Um, I just really like the idea of blinking this, but I don't actually know how that would happen. Uh, I love the idea of like putting something really big on into play by cloaking it and then blinking it. You know, I tried that for Aeons when uh, Cons of Tarkir block was around, and it never worked at all, so um, maybe this will give me my chance to live my manifest dreams once again. Yeah, Cloak does enable a lot of these things, and I think what I really like about this card is just because, like, it's 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 just generally very grindy, and it's also, like, pretty on rate, right? Like, we can yeah, just... Yeah, 3-2 unblockable, Cloak... 3-2 uh, unblockable with Ward 2 is not an unreasonable rate at all. Oh, and, like, you can just... And it also has the ability to just return it to its owner hand, so if you're just playing this long, grindy game, you can just keep making 2-2s, and, like, 2-2s with Ward 2, and, like, that's not nothing. That is something. Yeah. Alright, I'll go on to my other blue card. This one's a little bit more of a, hey, guess what? We got think twice type thing, and I'm going to deduce it. Haha, <laughs> more puns. Hmm. Deduce. One in a blue, instant. Draw a card, investigate. So, we have a, an instant speed make a clue token. Uh, I think there's a chance that creativity maybe wants this. Um, it's just a little Ooh, bit better okay. than Secrets of the Key, or whatever that unplayable card was from forever ago. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, like, it's a little bit better, and, like, it gives you a chance to be able to, like, you can hold up, make disappear. Oh, my opponent didn't do anything. Cool. Draw a card. Set up the set up the combo. Mm -hmm. It's 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 not anything insane, obviously, but like it's a it's an upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Make deuce. I like it. Uh, last one here is Lost in the Maze. I think I again don't have a home for it. I think it's an interesting card. It's a X blue blue enchantment with flash. When it enters, you tap X creatures and put a stun counter on each of them you don't control. Tap creatures you control have hexproof. Mm -hmm. So this is a protection spell 
that sticks around as a protection spell and can, you know, stun counter something if you want to. But, like, I don't hate this at two mana. I also don't hate this if we ever wanted blue devotion. Yeah, I also, I think a lot of the draw to this card might actually be the fact that it just says, like, it's a, it's a flash card that with tapped creatures, you're, uh, you control that hexproof. I think I think we can kind of ignore the stun counter kind of thing uh, and just look at that as upside. And, like, there was this Merfolk combo deck with Agatha Soul Cauldron forever ago. Not forever ago, I guess, like, pretty recently. But, yeah, like... Three weeks ago or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it feels like forever ago in these times. Uh, yeah, no, so, like, uh, this, this card could, like... You could theoretically, like, have protection while trying to combo and also just have it, like, be a secondary stay alive card. So, like, yeah. that might be a home for it. Um, again, it's still a little, like, hard to judge because, like, that deck had more problems rather than just, like, having your creatures die and a little bit of a gimmick and, like, staying alive was, like, a little bit of its problems. Uh, I don't know if this solves it. Probably not, but... Okay. You ready to move on to black? Oh yeah, I'm ready. So. Right, I don't know what you it. guys have been talking about for the last ten minutes. All right, well, why don't you start us off? What, what do you want to uh, talk about? I want to talk about Snarling Gorehound. This card just seems neat. It's a one-one black <laughs> dog menace, and whenever a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you get to surveil one. So I'm kind of seeing this in I don't know, Rally the Ancestors, perhaps. You know you. Bring them all back and then put all your rest of your stuff in your graveyard and then bring them all back again. You can kind of combo off twice maybe in a turn or, or something like that. I think that's one place that I would put it or any other place where you need to kind of just fill your graveyard really quick. I mean, any type of deck that's playing a lot of two mana creatures or, or say, yeah, two mana or one mana creatures, I think, that can bring them back easily from, from the graveyard um, would want to play this. So I think this is a cool build around card and i'm i'm gonna look into building stuff with it yeah i definitely I could see playing it in like a 24 one drop mono black deck but mm-hmm. i don't know i definitely think this card gets a lot better with return to the ranks especially with yeah. like being able to like invoke the cards back and like still being able to create all these triggers and like continue on i can see that this rally has a lot more problems and i don't know if putting creatures in the graveyard was the problem and is it better than Fester Leech? Ooh, I like that. It's a 1-1 zombie leech. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, you mill two cards, and you can pay one to black to give a plus two, plus two, but only once per turn. Yeah, again, I don't know what this exactly fills into and what it exactly like ends up enabling. Like, uh, There's a lot more of these like random artifact things that people are talking about, so like maybe trying to trying to hit that oval chase daredevil to put into your graveyard is like the nut, and you need this to help out, <laughs> but... This kind of I like this one being a zombie, I think, mm. is more important than anything else. Yeah, I just, it, it competes with Stitchers, and, uh, but yeah. it, it would it be played, I, I can't think of a deck that would even want to play eight Stitcher suppliers, so. I mean, it just doesn't add up. I think both these cards would be in the same kind of slot as Stitchers. Creature's never going to deal damage to opponent. Well, it's hard to block it when it's a 3-3. Three, three. Yes. You know, you don't even have to spend the mana to do that, you just, they can't block it with anything that's smaller than a 3-3, three, because yeah. three, it'll pump. Maybe and in I, maybe in limited, I think in pioneer. I think man, I, I think you're, I don't think you're giving it enough credit. To be fair, because you just play your land drop for two, threaten it, and then still cast your two drop, and at worst mm. you're eating their one drop. And not a lot of decks exactly. in pioneer, like on the like even if we're on the draw, like they they play like a maybe a two drop, and then if they're trading our if we're trading our one drop for their two drop, we're still pretty fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
But the thing that doesn't add up is this next card. Uh, three and two black. Uh, we have an instant speed reanimation spell for five mana. Uh, like, Cruelty of Gix currently doesn't see play. Also, it reanimates it and suspects it. So um, it kind of it kind of makes it so, like, maybe black's a little bit more attractive in the Torrential Gear Hulk deck. So you can, like, okay. target, the, target the Gear Hulk, get it back, target another Gear Hulk, get it back, and then just, like, go a little bit more over the top that way. Also, just having a, this is like one of the first good instant speed remo- or reanimation spells within Pioneer. Um, is it really impressive? No, but it, it, there's like reanimation spells. I feel as though we always have to look at it and be like, "Cool, maybe this could be broken," and then think about it, add it to the pool, and then move on. But yeah, it's a funny gotcha where they're like, "Haha, it's an animation spell that at instant speed, but you can't block with it." Yeah, that's the awkward part. You can't even block with it, but you can attack with it on the next turn. When you cast on your end step or upon sun step, I uh I again well I don't know why I keep picking cards that don't have any home, but illicit masquerade is a cool card. Um, I was almost gonna be like, hey, I know you don't want to play black in your enchanties deck, but I always try and <laughs> more, play more black cards than I should. Um, yeah, you know, this is this is a four mana flash enchantment that when it enters the battlefield, you put an imposter counter on each creature you control, and whenever a creature you control with an imposter counter on it dies, exile it, return up to one other target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, now you can time this where if like your opponent plays a sweeper, you play this and you get back like all but one of your creatures because you just target the neck. Well, I guess you would get back half your creatures and some amount of other creatures. Yeah. 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 Maybe. 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 Uh, I just. I don't know. This just looks like if Reoccurring Nightmare had like a Walmart version that was very unsuccessful, <laughs> and it just makes me sad because I'm playing a lot of Vintage Cube. Hmm. Gotcha. I think. I think. I think with that card, I think we're gonna have a long goodbye. If I. If, if I'm being. Uh, okay. <laughs> I know this episode's gonna be so unwatchable for a lot of people. They're gonna be like, God. Why are there so many puns? And you know what? You can blame the site designers for that one. Anyways, long goodbye. One in a black. Instant speed. Can't be countered. Destroy target creature, planeswalker, assume see three or less. So we if Teferi existed in the format, I'd be pretty yeah. happy with this card. But yeah. it doesn't. So, um, big sad. I mean, uh, it, hits, I don't... it hits the, uh, what was it? The uh, Trespasser? Yeah, but Trespasser's like not yeah. even that playable anymore. Yeah. It, like It's like a two of in like red black. Like, I think the funny thing is, like, Red Black's starting to play Alcazot, so it's, like, trying to go bigger at the moment right now mm-hmm. uh, to try to, like, beat the format. Because, like, the format's car- kind of, like, it's Rock, Paper, Scissors right now, where it's, like, Red Black versus Blue White versus Phoenix. And this doesn't really slot into any of those, sadly, as, like, some sort of tech that's better against one. Um, it, I, I think it's not going to see any play, but it's good to have as a choice. Yeah, if Ward Creatures become super playable... Meta dependent, yeah. We got this. All right, we ready to move on to red? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to move on to red. We can connect the dots with some cards here. Oh, interesting. What does connect the dots? It's not even the card I wanted to talk about. I don't even think I added it. I added it, but you're forced to talk about it. All right, why don't you read this one? I'm stealing your puns. Go, go for it. Hmm, That's okay. Uh, so for one in red, we have an enchantment that says whenever a creature you control attacks, exile the top card of your library face down. Uh, and then for one and a blood red, you can discard your hand, sacrifice it, and then put all the Exile Isled cards with it into their owner's hands. So, like, this is, like, Bomat Courier on steroids, right? Like, this is any creature. I think this is a great option for Mono Red in the sideboard, because, like, Experimental Frenzy was the card that was often played in the slot. But, like, this works really well with the most of your deck. 
And, like, it's not four mana clunkers. So, like, you can just cast it on two, which, like, obviously it doesn't dodge Slotsies, sadly, on, like, the turn one pivotal. But it you it just creates so much card advantage because all you have to do is attack. And it's, like, it's not even dependent. It just says whenever a creature you control attacks. So you can get, like, two triggers in a turn. Like, this scales so much. Yeah. Like, that's kind of cool. This this is a great... If Mono Red becomes, like, super playable, this card is a great sideboard option. It, like, Experimental well, Frenzy is dead. Speaking of Mono Red, the card that I think I'm kind of interested in is Expedited Inheritance. Mm. Uh, this is two red for an enchantment. Whenever a creature is dealt damage, controller may exile that many cards from the top of their library, and they can play those cards until the end of the next turn. Um, you know, This is... It helps both you and your opponent. So maybe this is only a sideboard card, but I'm just like, how do you ever block a mono red deck if they have this out? Like they could just be playing so many one drops and your opponent can never block because they'll just replace the whatever card you kill with two, three more cards mm-hmm. instantaneously. I, I didn't like- even realize this went for both sides. <laughs> it does. So it helps your opponent too. So kind of the idea here is you have to be making sure that you can use your cards more than your opponent can. I mean, you just gotta well, hey, have XL effects, yeah. and you gotta have kill kill effects, and just don't do any you know red damage spells. Oh, bro, I hate this. I thought this card was like actually kind of playable, and then I re- and then I figured out it was both sides. I think this card is so bad now. Oh my god, I would love now, to play. You're it. just incentivizing your opponent to play more removal spells and not fatal push, bro. Oh my lord, I would love to play in mono red devotion. That's one of my Ooh, pet decks. That is too because. Red. You know, you got your four ley lines, and then you got this, and you got your Bernie Tree Emissaries. And I had Boros Reckoner in there before, you know, kind of to like, you know, hey, deal damage to your opponent, but they just always killed it. But now I'm the, the hardest thing that I was able, or sorry, not the hardest thing, the hardest thing that deck, the sorry, the biggest challenge that deck has is getting cards because it's a red deck, and there's not really a lot of good options for you just to like draw cards. And like, all right, you deal three, four, five, six damage. Great, I'll get five cards, put them all into play, get like twenty three devotion, big damage to you with my fanatic uh, of Mogus. Boom. Do we have any way to go infinite with this and uh, just exile hold that and play Thassa's Oracle? Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one. Well, if you have Frontier Siege and you give Ooh, your you already said you're no, you just said so many unplayable cards. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Hey, okay. I don't. I don't mean to be a buzz crusher or anything for your ideas, but Kevin has become me. It's okay. You know, we can talk yeah. about Cranko's buzz crusher though. You know, two. Yeah, let's talk about two it. and two red. Uh, an artifact creature, insect thopter. Uh, it's a four four flying trampler that says when it enters the battlefield for each player, destroy up to one non basic land that player controls. For each land destroyed this way, its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put on the battlefield, tapped, and then shuffle. Oh my lordy lordy. I love this card. I love this card so much because in Karuga Fires, the natural enemy of Karuga Fires was Lotus Field. So, guess what? I can curve Fable into my Ignatic into killing some Lotus Fields. Because hmm. now I don't have to play unplayable cards like the 2-3 the or whatever. Archon of Emeria, which just ended up dying all the time to Ottawara and then I would just die anyway. This is an ETB. This is flickerable. This just does everything that deck ever wanted for it. Uh, I don't know what other decks would end up abusing this card against Lotus Field. I like maybe Red Black, but like I know that I'm going to be playing this card a lot. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. I like you you pointed out that because I was worried about it not having homes despite having a very you know important role that it can play in targeting Lotus Field without 
targeting it. Um, the only thing I wish this card did is I wish that it still gave you the land if you tried to target your own Darksteel Citadel. Yeah. Because then I would love to go, like, turn to... Um, what is that card? That cleansing Wildfire. I thought about this. Oh, yeah. Turn to Cleansing Wildfire. Turn three Buzzcrusher would have been the most beautiful thing ever. Uh, I think that's still probably a reasonable thing that I'll at least try because I'm bad. But This is true. You got to make your against the arts card so a card's work. Eh, it's a 4-4 four, four flyer at the end of the day. 4-4 four, four Flampler. And Trampler. So, spirits yeah. ain't got nothing. You can kill mutables with it too. Oh my god. I'm already liking it. Hmm. Alright, what do you got? I mean, that was all I had really was I wanted to talk about Expedited Inheritance. I'm not really feeling any of these other cards in red, to be honest. Well, well hear me out. Hear me out, okay? What if we demanded some answers? Okay. One in red. As an, it's an instant, and as an additional cost to cast a spell, you sacrifice an artifact or discard a card, and you draw two. So it's Thrill Discovery, but we have the additional added part of sacrificing an artifact. And you know what good artifacts are there to sacrifice? Experimental Frenzy. Oh, 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 more value. Wait, is that not a... Yeah. Oh, you mean... um? Uh, not Experimental Frenzy. Um, Experimental Frenzy. Yeah. Same thing. All of yes. this, too many magic cards. Too many. Um, but yeah, like, we just now have an ability to, like, create more, more of these, like... Because like the deadly dispute were only required you to be able to sacrifice a creature, so now we also have in that deck an ability to like sacrifice artifacts. So mm-hmm. you know with those blood tokens, we can turn them into two cards. Like this is just another card draw spell to be able to add to the pool as options to uh, ways to just build your deck differently. Um, yeah, I, do I think it has an immediate effect? Probably not. I think the card pool still has to get a little bit bigger. However, imagine you just get to cast demand answers. Just saying the card name is so fun. Mm. Give me your answers now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you gotta like. Yeah. I, I need a top deck. Oh, I demand the answer for this for your children. Oh, I took four. Oops. And then they counter it. That's my answer. Yeah. No. Uh, I've got one more that I think needs a shout out at the very least. Is crime novelist. It's a one three goblin that for three. Whenever you sack an artifact, you put a plus and plus and counter on it and add red. Uh, and there is the animation module, which whenever you put a plus and plus and counter on something, you can spend one mana to make an artifact creature token so if you have some way to sack Ooh. artifacts for free or you know artifacts or creatures for free this goes infinitely large it does it does get really big and it's a bard too yeah yeah so it you know isn't bergy a bard maybe no 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 bard class do you not you don't no, remember no, no, no. we put it in there that's not oh, how there it works go, yeah no 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 that's 100 no. how it works <laughs> we figured it out but the other card i want to shout out is fugitive codebreaker it's a one. Cool. It's a one. Uh, sorry, it's a one and a red for a two-one goblin rogue with prowess and haste. So that already alone is like kind of reasonable. Uh, however, it even has more text. You can put it. You can uh, cloak it. Make it a three mana two-two with ward two. Uh, and then its disguise cost is five and a red, but it's reduced for each instant sorcery in your graveyard. And when it's turned up, you discard your hand and draw three. So in this mono red prowess deck, uh, we already just have. We can have this two drop that also just has haste. So we can go turn one Swift Spear, turn two Codebreaker, and now we've already dealt four damage in these early turns. Now all these spells that are sitting in our hand, we can go play with Fire, Lightning Strike, and then a combo with like a Light Up the Stage, and we're already just getting all these triggers. It's just a really aggressive prowess threat to go along with these other ones that also allows for some late game uh, value. Uh, if you're flooding out or you need more cards to finish your opponent like it's it's just never a bad top deck to be honest so i think this card might make a home for mono red because mono red's getting a lot of these cards that are really powerful yeah um green 
Green, 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 green. I only have green. one card that I think is kind of neat. I don't think it's going to see any play, but I do like chalk outline. Three in a three okay. in a green enchantment. Whenever one or more creatures leave your graveyard, uh, create a 2-2 two, two white and blue detective creature token and then investigate. So, I mean, yeah. it depends on... I mean, it really doesn't depend if your opponent's removing it or if you're removing it. It's too bad, you know, you can't use, like, a delve spell because it's um, when one or more, so it's only per is- instance, I'm guessing. But I know there's some cards that are, like, you know, upon your, your you know, up- upkeep or upon, you know, combat, you know, you can exile something. And, and that's fine, I think. Could be any well, card. There is a combo with this card. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if you have a Lotleth Troll, which specifically says you can discard a creature card, give it plus one, plus one, give it a plus uh-huh. one, plus one counter. It also has Trample, I think, and a Regeneration ability. Uh, with Oval Chase Daredevil, that technically goes infinite. Uh, you can just cre- create an infinite power on it and create infinite tutus and infinite investigations. Um, huh? So, yeah. So you discard so the... Cre- Oval Chase, whenever you make an artifact, you return it from your graveyard to hand, and Lolith Troth discards it for free. So it leaves your bat- the graveyard going to your hand, you make a new artifact, which puts it... Uh, and then you can you know, just repeat it infinitely. Oval Choice does what again? Oval Chase Daredevil. Oval Chase Daredevil. So what it, it has an ability whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, uh, you can return it from your graveyard to your hand, and we're pitching it so for another free one. with Lolith Troll. Yeah, so and it's when the investigation is created on this card... Boom, Oval Chase goes to hand. We pitch it to Lotleth oh, Troll. Lotleth okay, Troll okay, goes okay. to the graveyard. We uh we uh investigate. I see, sorry, I see. Uh, uh, sorry, we won the investigation on the stack, yeah. Yeah. I just pulled the meme with the lady that was looking at all the, the math stuff swirls around her head. I'm like, how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All good, all good, okay. all good. Don't worry. Right. I know you were analyzing the pollen when we said that, but um so what the pollen actually says is it's a one green and a sorcery. Hmm. Uh, as an additional cost to cast a spell, you may collect Evidence 8. Uh, you can search your library for a basic land card. If Evidence was collected, instead, search your library for a creature or a land card, reveal it, put it in your hand. Oh my god, we yeah, reprinted we Lay of the Land. We reprinted Lay of the Land again. Hmm. Oh no! I, I definitely think it's like worse than like uh, Traverse. However, it like goes into like different decks. Like Traverse is really good when you want a, a mass quantity of cards, but with Analyze, you just need one big one. So maybe that breaks it. Do I? Can I think of something that breaks it? No, but maybe. How do we feel about uh, Undergrowth Recon? This one's three mana for an enchantment that becomes your upkeep. You return a land from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Uh, I don't have a home for it. I don't have a home for any of these there's, enchantments. I just like enchantments. Apparently, there's no, a lot of dirty. Uh, this is a ramp deck. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what do you guys have? Because I might have some like bad homes. I thought about this card for a while because, as as you guys know, my favorite deck in Pioneer of all time was the Uro Genesis Ultimatum pile, and yep. any card that has anything to do with lands or extra lands, I always have to think about and maybe put into a deck for funsies. Um, so we got to think about what like the best card to be able to like return is, and I think it's these storefronts or whatever from Streets of New Cabana, the little fetch land things. The only uh, one I ever remember is, like, Cabaretti Courtyard. Yeah, well, all, they all have the same effect, where they enter the battlefield, they sacrifice themselves, you gain a life, and you get to go find a basic of mm-hmm. one of the three types. Um, and so you just basically get to put a lot more of these cards into play, you're gaining life, you're creating two landfall triggers. Is that what the landfall deck needed? No, not overly. But, I mean, it's definitely something that, like, is not ignorable, because, like, 
you can just add Hedron Crab to the mix, and now we're getting more triggers, and now we're going over top of our opponent. Uh, and you just kind of gotta, but like I, I've had problems with this deck not being uh, being able to beat blue white, which is going to be the big big new deck. So yeah, my only other thought has been, you know, like there's there's that Spelunkin combo deck that's kind of been fringe. Yeah, it's been doing all right recently. Uh, I don't I don't know enough about that deck to be able to say whether or not this card is what it needed. Um, so I guess yeah, there's, probably there's, a, there's another card here we'll talk about that might be more important for that deck and some others. Yeah, you might just have to pick your poison about what you're going to play. Or That's definitely not it. <laughs> well, you, I was segueing into something else. You can't just... <laughs> All right. I don't know, man. I saw a pun. I took it. Pick your poison. One green. <laughs> sorcery. Uh, it has the modes. Each opponent sacrifices an artifact. Each opponent sacrifices an enchantment. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with flying. This card just has so many... like. We had Return to Nature, which you get to choose, and at instant speed, basically all of these. But I guess there was the one that was like, it also had the mode of like Exile card from a graveyard. However, sacrificing a creature with flying is kind of nuts, honestly, for one mana. You just get to kill your opponent's Ledger Shredder on two, which is like pretty value, honestly, for these green decks that don't really have a good way of interacting with your opponent's creatures. Are you bringing this in against any Ledger Shredder decks, though? Uh, yeah, I'd bring this in against Phoenix, because you need to be able to kill these cards early. Okay. If you're, like, the Monogreen deck, it's just another... It is another option. Um, it also is able to get rid of, like, I don't know, like, when I'm playing um, Enchanties or whatever, if this gets, like, a temporary lockdown that has, like, two or three elves under it, like, that's kind of scary. Hmm. Um, okay, that's interesting. I-, I was mostly worried. I was like, I feel like this kind of card i like being something that i can play into grease fang decks as well and this one being sorcery speed you know you're not going to bring this in against grease fang and that makes me want to play one of the instant speed ones slightly more but yeah i think there's some uh some value to this yeah it's just a it's it's again it's exactly what the card says pick your poison about which one you want <laughs> okay can i go to the actual go segue i was trying to go which go is for arc pun. druid's charm uh green 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 for an instant with like five modes Exile, target, artifact, or enchantment. Put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control that deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. Or, search your library for a creature or land card. Reveal it, put it onto the battlefield tapped if it's a land. Otherwise, put it into your hand. Either way, shuffle. I want to hear what you guys think about this, because I think this is a card that people were very, very excited about. I don't know. Mm, I'm I'm low on this card. Go for it. Oh, okay. I haven't talked a lot. I've been talking a lot. You go for it, Ryan. No, I'm just saying, you search for a creature or a land card. I would say maybe something in mono green, but mono green's not a deck anymore. Hey, grab your Nykthos. Um, grab you know your uh, uh, what was it the uh, the Cavalier or something. It just doesn't seem that powerful. I think this card is very contextual, and it really, really really depends on how monogreen ends up shaping up with the card we're going to be talking about in the future because like the fact that this is able to grab the creature or land part is like the most appealing part like the mm. exile artifact or enchantment being like second and obviously the removal spell being a little bit second i think monogreen is going to have to change a lot coming up because of uh, a card we're going to talk about later called no more lies it's a counter spell that also has the exile text so storm the festival becomes a lot less playable um because you can't if, if your storm the festival gets countered and exiled that that is a beating you can't be doing that so you you kind of have to like be able to power out these nick uh and arch druid's charm kind of does that and like 
the card we're talking about later will be the ley line which has like the four devotion and like you need if you have your ley line in play you need your nekfos badly so like it depends how all in the green deck ends up becoming okay see i, I thought i was gonna be the one who's a little bit more negative on this because i think the reception to this card was very high um what i wanted to kind of reiterate is that i've said for a long time in pioneer flexibility doesn't make up for power level um so of these like you know five modes basically i only feel like one of these is worth the mana cost of three um and that one being you know search for a land put it into play tapped any land that is Mm -hmm. so that's that's really i think the strongest mode i would want to be building my deck where that's the mode i'm picking like greater than 80 percent of the time probably if i'm not going to be doing that you know if i'm going to be doing that 50 percent of the time or less I, i just think that like all of these other modes are like one or two mana effects and you're just going to be no matter what you're going to be losing out when you play this card even if it's flexible you're still losing could out. this replace sylvan scrying in lotus field no it being that's, three that's i think another question it being three i think it wouldn't replace dead. it yeah that, that's tough i i feel like i could see it as a sideboard card mm. possibly i don't think that i think i think it's literally just monogreater bust for this card okay uh multicolor yeah. yeah, let's go to multicolor. Alright, I'll start us off. I'll make it... Uh, we are at like 40 minutes, so we gotta go yeah, real fast. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not gonna just start talking about Leyline of the Guild Pack, because I think that card is the most controversial one. Uh, so it is... An inch, it's obviously a Leyline, uh, but its mana cost uh, is the most interesting part. So it's green-white hybrid, green-blue hybrid, black-green hybrid, red-green hybrid. Uh, each non-land permanent you control is all colors. Lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other types, and obviously it has the leyline text. So this being four green devotion off the rip with Nykthos, kind of nuts. So Aspiring Spike was playing this deck like a little bit ago. I hate talking about Spike especially, but uh, he was brewing this deck where you were using like Sunken Citadel and Nykthos and like even like Llanowar Elves plus a Forest into turn and into yeah. a turn th- to Cav is like mm-hmm. something you have to think about with this deck because boy turn two cav that's nuts we were doing turn three old growth troll into more ramp things and that was already disgusting but now we theoretically have one less turn is it consistent not really like this card is like an awful top deck however it allows for a lot of broken starts like think of it like turn two nissa who shakes the world remember that card from forever yeah. ago and all of your cards are also for, sorry, all of your basic lands are forest, so your Sunken Citadel, if you're playing that, your Nekthos, also just taps for another additional mana once you played your turn two Nissa. Like, this card just goes nuts crazy quickly. Like, it's, it's either going to be really, really powerful in that deck, or uh, another place that I ended up seeing it was Karuga Fires again, I'm thinking about it there. Uh, it, it fixes a lot of your mana problems. It goes into play, and it'll just draw a card of Karuga to make Karuga even more important. Um, turn 1 Leyline Binding, it, like, fixes a lot of matchups, because turn 2 Leyline Binding sucked a majority of the time. Was never good enough. Uh, so it kind of just shows up there. So will it be good enough to break the format? I think the answer is maybe. Now, the yeah. inc- usually these kind of powerful cards, you know, if they're inconsistent, that's usually enough to keep them from breaking the format, I think. You'll say that, but turn... You'll, I mean, pun- you're also not thinking about... The people who can You could hit two well. of these. You could have eight mon on turn two, yeah. or nine mon on turn two. I yeah. mean... Yeah, that's the problem with the ley line of Abundance last time, right? 
Well, let, yeah. yeah. Except that it abundance. needs more mana. It, it also it also has the problem or it also had like more synergies with the rest of your deck that one's this one specifically is like nickels or bust and that's why i think like archdrid might be pretty good in this deck like you're just able to go find your nickels a lot more often so like mm -hmm. if you have the ley line you go turn one elf turn two go find your nickels turn three cast your busted card like that's pretty scary <laughs> i mean you still yeah. not be able to use your nickels until until turn three, right? Because nope. turn one elf, turn two Nykthos. GG. Okay, I guess so. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, tap the elf, tap the forest, tap your Nykthos, add five mana, play Nissa mm -hmm. or something else. Yeah, or you can even use like Sunken Citadel if you want to do like Castle Garing Break things. Because I think like another part of this deck is like you'll probably have to play cards like Voracious Hydra and stuff to be able to interact. I like Voracious Hydra. I don't mind that. Mm. You can also play turn two Vivian with you play Sunken Citadel. Like I don't know this this deck has like a lot of potential ways to be built, but I don't know what it'll end up being. All right, I got another one. Uh, I think this one's another obvious one. Is no more lies. Instant mm. speed counter target spell unless its controller pays three for white and blue. If that spell is countered this way, exile instead of putting it in its owner's graveyard. Mm. This is actually insane. You know, we don't have monoleak in the format, and this is monoleak. Uh, you know, it's white and blue instead of blue and one, but it's a lot better in that effect that exiles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, these cards with, like, flashback just end up getting a lot worse. And I think this, like, officially kills blue-black. I think blue-black is now... Now we can say it's dead. <laughs> yeah, we've been saying it's dead for a while, I think. Yeah, well, now there's just no reason to play it. Literally none. Like, I like Fatal Push is no longer a good enough argument. Hmm. Yeah, not a lot to talk about other than the fact that Teferi, yeah. Uptick, hold it up on your opponent's turn, respectfully die, and that's really and That good. can be fun to play against. Nope. Yeah, this is gonna be brutal. No, no. Maybe, maybe, maybe blue white control gets a banning. He, 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 he. Probably not. Hmm. Uh, Ryan, you got a card? Uh, I got a couple cards. Uh, geez, which one to pick though? I think I'm gonna go with breakout. I'm gonna go with breakout first. So breakout oh. is the uh the green and red sorcery. That lets you look at the top six cards of your library. You can reveal a creature card from among them. And if that card has mana to, uh, value two or less, you can put it into the battlefield and it gains haste. If you didn't put it into the battlefield that way, you can put it into your hand and uh, put the rest on the bottom of your library in any random order. I'm not going to say bard class. Darn. But I, I still think it is a neat card. I think there's definitely you know, some... I don't know, some combo you can grab with it or or something like that. I mean, digging six is really six is good. And giving six. it haste, there's some pretty good two drops. I mean, I play Bard class, so I know there's a lot of good two drops in red-green. So, I think yeah. red-green aggro gets a lot better with this deck. Just being like, I'm, I'm, when I'm saying this, I'm saying like a Tark or Red. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think the fact that Burning Tree Emissary with this card comes a lot yeah. more nuts because you just go yeah. cast your burning tree emissary oh cool i have the red and the green mana cool cast breakout oh i hit burning tree emissary it's in the play with haste and plus two or uh, plus more uh, with what yeah. is it haste and whatever and now you have the two more mana again and guess what you can cast for two more mana another breakout yeah there you go like, it's kind of neat it, i like it 
it got it, it it does a lot it does a lot for this deck like you don't need to be playing these dorky elves anymore and red green like red green now has two official decks i think because of a card we'll talk about a little bit later but yes yeah, that can be good in, in what about is there any potential for breakout making a combo deck you know i think that back when there were some like ignis combos that we tried things like that like with the defiler uh, um, did that deck have a lot of two drops? Well, no. Ignis was the key one, and that one's three, and like... Yeah. But you can still find it with that. Yeah, yeah with this. we can just play better cantrips, though, is the thing, right? Okay, like, we can fair. play, like, yeah. there, like there's just so... There, there's a lot better, like, searching, like, Othamissa at least is a little... Like, this one searches six, but it's two mana. I don't, okay. I don't know. Um, I think it's like... I've got one. some more. Dark, I mean, I wouldn't mind probably. having that in, like, a red-green with uh, Bushwhacker again. We haven't seen Bushwhacker in forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tark Red. Yeah. All right, go for it. Which one are you on? For uh, let me go to Lightning Helix because I think this mm-hmm. is one that you know we were asking for for a long time, but I don't know if the format has just evolved past yeah. it too quickly. It has, I think. I don't think so. To be honest, I I want it to be good. I, I definitely still mm. want it to be good. So Nif has already been kind of fringe for a little bit, and it's making like a minor comeback on Moto. And same with a lot of these like five color like control piles and like no more lies is also something that makes those decks a lot better because they were already just kind of playing Dovin Zito and now you they can also play no more lies like it's not just blue white control that's going to be able to play that card and you can either you know you can just like let the creature resolve and you're able to play lightning helix as well alongside it um does this make burn playable yeah the answer is no i think it's more of a controlling card rather than an aggressive card but uh, it's definitely one step closer. I think one of the bigger problems for Burn is it needs more of these like one mana three damage spells. Like mm-hmm. if Strangle went face, that'd be great. But uh, we're not there. Yeah. What would it take for uh, Blue White to go Jeskai instead? Uh, better mana. Fetch lines. Hmm. Yeah, that's most. I mostly agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. What else you got? All right, I'll talk about the other Gruel card because that's the fun one. Uh, An Anzark the Quake mm-hmm. Mole. Uh, so yeah, did we talk about this some last week? I think did we? Don't maybe no. Yeah. I don't think oh, maybe so. Not. I, don't I don't know. Think so. We oh no, we did. We talked about combat celebration. We talked about combat celebration. Yeah, 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 I remember this now. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we kind of talked about it. So I'll quickly, right, I'll just quickly go cool. over it. Eight four. Uh, whenever when it becomes becomes blocked, untap each creature you control. There's an additional combat phase after this. Um, you could technically yeah. go pretty pretty well with um the other card, um, combat celebrant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, cool card. I didn't realize that was your attack, but I'm picking another card. I'm yeah. breaking the rules. Uh, ill-timed explosion. I want to talk about this card. Uh, two blue red. Draw two cards. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Draw two cards. Then you may discard two cards. When you do ill-tempered explosion, deals X damage to each creature where X is the greatest mana among value or mana value among cards. You discard it this way. I think this card might have a hope in creativity. Like you have a lot of these dead cards, and like two mana, two, or sorry, four mana draw two is like not on rate but like it's still fine enough because you have the flexibility you are able to just like have this main deck wrath that also just has the the ability to be able to draw more cards um it's not awful it's not exciting but it's not awful okay are you talking like world spine worm version where you're discarding the worm and it can shuffle back in yep Okay, that, that makes more sense. I was like, I'd be afraid of losing my cards that matter. In that Deal deck, 11. But that, that seems pretty good. Deal 15. Hey, we can play with that. Uh, it's uh, do you have one, Ryan? Value, yeah. yeah, I kind of I like Insidious Roots. So Insidious Roots is the, the Golgari yeah. enchantment, the green and the black. Um, 
And it says creature tokens you control have uh, tap one to add any mana or one mana of any color. And then uh, when one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, graveyard create a zero one green plant creature token and then put a uh, plus one plus one counter on each plant you control. Again, we're talking about Return to the Ranks. We're talking about Rail of the Incestors. You put a bunch of stuff in there with the Gorehound and then bring it all back and you get a bunch of 1-1 tokens and then get counters on them and stuff like that. I think there's a combo there. I think we could possibly see an Abzan uh, Rally deck make a, a comeback in this next uh, next metagame. I think Rally. See, I'm really excited about this card. I'm not really going for Rally because it does say one or more, so doing five creatures versus doing one a uh, bunch of times, you'd rather do the one a bunch okay. of times. Yeah. What would you have to say, Ashia? I was going to say Rally is just dead. I, I just never can see Rally seeing play again. It's so sad. I love Rally, but I think it's just dead in the water, especially with Amelia existing. Amalia, like, being pretty good. Yeah, Amalia um, is cool. I think, I think this card just kind of, like, it, it, it might... It depends on this card's power level, obviously, but, like, Jun's Sacrifice has existed yeah, before. Yeah, now I see it. And, like, maybe with Catavan, it gets a lot better. Mm -hmm. But, like, you have to splash another color. You have to add the inconsistencies. Rakdos Sack doesn't even see play right now. So there's just so many problems already going for this card. So I think it's very, very I'm going to be sad. going deep on this Ooh. one. This, this is a card that I'm most excited to brew about, even if I don't think it'll be amazing. Yeah. What yeah, about what about with um, Bullets of Citadel? With Insidious Roots. Uh, I'm not seeing your vision. But I mean, you make much uh, tokens to uh, get it out as soon as possible, and then, hey, 10 damage. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think by the time you have... Like, if you're if you're getting 10 plant tokens, the first one's going to be a 10-11. Uh, just, just swing and kill them. Yeah, also, if you have Bolsa Citadel, you probably have other ways to win the game. <laughs> you can probably That's figure it out. Also, also that... <laughs> Right, I got another one I want to talk about is uh, maybe being overlooked is Repulsive Mutation. X green blue instant put X plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. Then counter up to one target spell unless controller pays mana equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. Um, I'm a big Stubborn Denial fan and I feel like this card kind of plays along with that being like you don't have to pay any amount of X. If you pay green blue for a counter spell like a basically a hard counter spell. For any kind of, you know, that, you know, Summer Denial is only non-creature. This could counter anything for two mana. Like, this is, this, am I crazy to say, like, this is counterspell in blue-green. Okay, but, okay. What blue-green deck is going to play this card? I think that's the you answer you scale have to it up by, You know, the Teamer decks and the, Name and one. the Sultai decks. Name one. The, <laughs> Name it. You got this. And the Bat decks. There we go. The Teamer, the Sultai, and the Bat decks. Bro, we're, didn't, we're even, didn't even say Simic. Oh, I can just imagine me trying to put, have all this extra mana into red black and being like, yeah, I'm going to put counters on my creature. I'm going to counter your spell. Because, like, imagine if you, you they, they can reasonably pay for the spell. That's really important. And then you have to be able to put counters on your card. And then your counter spell literally gets nullified by a fatal push. Because well, it, it doesn't, though. It does. It's still... It still targets the spell and a creature. So even if you have... Well, assuming you have other creatures. Well... It says put uh, put X one one counters on target creature you control, so it, yes. it establishes that target, and then it's, I, th I think it's because maybe maybe I'm mistaken, but I think it's because of the period that ends there. Then it says then counter up to one. So if it doesn't have a legal target for the first or first, sorry, if you have a legal target for the first, then you don't have a legal target for the second because I think the counter spell comes first. I think this card works in two separate ways. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I would have to see about that. I would think if you have two two twos. And or you know you have two three threes and you 
want to you know put counters on one of them if as long as you still have the other one it'll still counter their spell because it does target the spell so i would think that this spell still has two legal targets maybe i don't know i'll ask a judge in my okay. friends group and we'll see if it ends up working that way and then maybe i'll change my opinion about this card all right okay i'll talk about a card that's either busted or does nothing and there's no in between um hmm. treacherous greed I, I this card is either insane or nothing so one black one white black instant as an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature that dealt damage this turn, draw three, each opponent loses three, and gains three life. So, hear me out. This card okay. has the ability to draw three cards, which is already just insane, uh, and it has a lightning helix built in already attached to it. If you're playing Orzhov aggro, theoretically, this like mid-range pile with like... Um, Knight of Ebon Legion, Dusk Legion Zelda, like a little bit more of like a vampire shell. Cause like you kinda Orza Vampires was like already a thing for like a little bit forever ago. Uh being able to draw three three cards and deal more damage was gonna be so insane if you're able to get it. Now, my my problem with this card is I don't know how often we're gonna be able to deal damage with a creature and also do this. I think it might be often enough, to be honest. Uh, but if you just hit once with this creature. Uh, if you hit once with a creature, this card becomes insane. Like you, like none of the Ebon Legion, I think, is the biggest argument for this card because you're already going to be holding up three mana. If your opponent blocks, cool, pump it, kill your opponent's creature. If your opponent doesn't block, cool, Lightning Helix, draw three. That's my argument. Hmm. It's interesting. I feel like the colors is what hold this back. I wish this was like, like I feel like I'm gonna to want to play this in a Mardu deck where I could play a, a what's the one uh, a Voldaren Epicure which deals one damage to opponent and then sack it like the same turn. That's fair. But I, I don't want to be playing Mardu. I think that the Vampire Shell has to just be the best because thing like Knight of the Ebon Legion has to be the best card with this. And if you're following it up with like a Dusk Legion Zealot too. Like, you're already Ooh. just creating some value. Or, like, a gifted Aetherborn, especially. Like, your opponent doesn't want to be blocking that card. So it can just already incentivize bad blocks. And, like, you're just gaining three and doming your opponent. Like, am I crazy to think that that's powerful? No, obviously not. Strong three and doming your opponent is pretty powerful. Uh, but it's just how often are we going to be doing this? And I think it might be often enough, to be honest. Yeah. I think so. So, yeah, like I said, either Buster or nothing. So, whoever wants to go next, can go next. Who's next? Ryan, what do you got next? Me? My turn? I got one more, and then you guys can finish up the rest. So, I think War Leader's Call seems interesting. We really haven't had any good Anthem effects in Pioneer. Like, I've never actually played one, uh, unless it was, like, on a creature or, like, you know, we get some, like, Bushwhacker or something like that. But it's something that stays in play. But this one, it says, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, World Leader's Call deals one damage to each opponent. I like it because it's impact tremors plus uh, an anthem. So it, it's going to do something regardless of if you have creatures or if you're just putting creatures into play. And also, I used to play tokens back in the day. I used to play red-white tokens. So, yeah, I got a soft spot in my heart for it. Yeah, like, I think I think this card is a little bit more of a reasonable sideboard card for Boros Convoke, again, mm-hmm. rather than, like, Wedding Announcement. Yeah. Because, like, this this just pumps your creatures. Obviously, it doesn't create the same value that Warly, or sorry, that the other card or does, our Wedding Announcement, like, drawing cards. You aren't drawing cards as often, you're making 1-1s. One However, mm-hmm. the bonus chip damage is nothing to scoff at. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. 
quickly. Like, one Gleeful Demolition is Lightning Bolt with mm-hmm. three tutus. Like, geez, this yeah. could scale. Yeah, 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 definitely. And we got Novice now instead of, uh, um, like we said, not, well, not the Neonate, what is it called? Uh, Epicure. Epicure, so... Uh, I wonder if there's a deck with... Um... The, you know the new O'Hare, whatever the the Red God. You know now, whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you do five to an opponent. Ooh. I like that. You said big number. <laughs> big number. Big number. Big number. Good. Yeah. All right. I got more bad card. I I I'm just gonna make this quick a shout out is Vanifar Evolved Enigma is two a green and a blue for a three four elf ooze wizard. Uh, at beginning of combat, you can cloak a card from your hand or put a plus and plus and counter on each colorless creature you control. I refuse to elaborate. Hmm. Six six reality smasher. <laughs> uh, you I, think, shout outs? I think this is the third or fourth Vanifar that you've chosen to talk about, and none of them have ever panned out. <laughs> hey, Vanifar combo is one hundred percent a thing. Okay. okay, Grandma, let's get you back to bed. Huh. I I'm, I'm gonna cloak my my den protectors and there's nothing you can do about it. Alright, I got my little <laughs> shout out. Um my shout out's for Soul Search, and then we can move on if we want. Um mm-hmm. Soul Search is uh Ors off mana, sorcery, target opponent reveals their hand, you may choose an online card from it, exile that card. If its mana value is one or less, create a one one spirit, uh black and white flying. So Thought Erasure I slept on when it was mm-hmm. during spoiler season for that card. And this card specifically exiles the card. Which is kind of nice. Hmm. Uh, Isn't there another like, one that's uh, like this, though? Like what? Like another like, white-black effect that's basically, you know, like Thoughtseize or something? Probably, but uh, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. There's probably another one, but this one specifically exiles it. And it also just has the minor value of being able to create a 1-1. Uh, I, I, I just slept on Thought Erasure, and Thought Erasure saw a lot of play at the time. It obviously hasn't seen a lot, a lot of extended play, but... Uh, like this could theoretically like I don't know like it, it is two colors it could theoretically hit Niv or sorry hit into Niv um, just didn't want to wanted oh. to be the one that said it just in case because I slept on sure. I would be so much more into this card and I would love the design of it if you got the one one if you didn't have a card to pick mm-hmm. like yeah. if you was you know still if it had the the floor of being always a one one flyer like that would make it so much better for me mm-hmm. all right I wish they had done that. Yeah, I'm ready to move on to. Uh, let's talk. I think about the this land cycle. This, so it's two color land cycle. They enter tapped. They have the basic land type. So example, I have commercial district is a mountain forest that enters tapped, and when it enters, you surveil one. So I don't think temples see any play right now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident in saying that they see zero uh, play. That's not true. I had to break it to you. It's not 100 percent true, but I'm going to say they see zero play. Sure. Um, this is fetchable. Why? Which we don't isn't have super. Yeah, I know. We, we, don't have, we don't have true fetches, uh, but it you know it has the land type, and it's a surveil instead of a scry. Yeah, so I'll give it the rundown, because I actually think this, this land cycle is kind of fine. Um, so the cards that, so the decks that actually do play temples right now are Quintorius Combo and Lotus Field. Those are the two main ones. Does Lotus Field want hmm. these lands? No, they don't really care about it. Quintorius? Oh! That one cares about it because they're playing temples in their leyline binding deck, which is atrocious. Ooh, let's, yeah, that's fair. Let's that's start fair. this off. That is atrocious. So, um, being able to like pitch the card, also it had like some minor reanimation uh, help. Uh, so, like you are also able to like uh, pitch the pitch the dinosaur if it's on top, and then you can do the surveil. Whatever I forget, connive, 
whatever it is, um, that card, uh, where you can like able to reanimate something. You surveil three and then reanimate something. Um, yeah. This just helps feed into it. Um, this also could see some play in like a lot of these decks that because like the slot that this competes with is the Triumph slot. Um, mm. So for the decks that kind of don't really need the mana too too much, I think especially now that we have the Leyline, these lands get a little bit better in decks like Karuga Fires, the Yorion Fires piles. Because now you just have, like, your turn one, you're always taking off the crew anyway. Like, you're not casting anything. So you might as well just do a little bit of surveilling to, like, better manipulate your top decks. Because magnetic is really important. And if you have, like, some random dorky seven drop on top of your deck, like Agent of Treachery, and you're looking at Mono Red, cool, it's gone. So you never have to worry about drawing that card. Um, there's just, like, minor value with it, but it's not going to, like, break Pioneer in half. I just think, like, a lot of decks might run, like, one or two. Mm-hmm. I'm not too excited about the land cycle. I'm kind of disappointed, actually, because that means the next... Well, the future set's going to have the other five, right? All, this one has all ten. No, this had all, all ten. ten. Okay, okay, never mind then. I, then yeah, I, I, I don't it. like it because it took up ten spots, ten slots that we could have had for other rares. That's fair. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think the only other card in this area that I wanted to talk about a little bit is Case of Shattered Pact, which, first mm-hmm. off, going into today... Had no clue this card existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a two mana colorless enchantment, which is already just kind of weird. Um, when it enters the battlefield, you get to go find a basic land, reveal it, put it into your hand, shuffle. Um, uh, so it already just kind of has value for these five color piles that your boy loves playing. Um, to solve, there are five colors among permanents you control. Um, and then once you solve it, at the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gains flying, double strike, and Vigilance until end of turn. What? Wait a second. <laughs> Read that last part. <laughs> Flying, yeah. Double Strike, Vigilance. Wait a second here. This card is busted. Wait. Okay, so all you have to do, okay, is you have this Ley Line, right? You have this Ley Line in play. Uh, all you have to do is just have the Ley Line in play and any other... Actually, I think the case would even trigger off itself, right? There are my... Yeah, Boom. You literally just play that case with a ley line in play. You solved it. Congrats. You went to your mm-hmm. end step. It's done. And now you can start giving your creatures double strike vigilance and flying. Oh my god. Like, uh, am I wrong? Is this busted? I think it's busted. Yeah, you can't play it in Karuga Fires, but... Uh, uh... You're on fires. Like, you're playing <laughs> yeah. it in your... You, they were playing that card that... For two mana, uh, you need to go find a pa- Path to the World Tree. That's what it is. This, I was about to say, Path to the World Tree is the card that I this would just replaces, for a slot with. This just replaces it instantly, in my mind. Like, this is Maybe. not close, not I, close, not close. I always... The place where I really liked uh, Path to the World Tree is into the Control matchup. And Control got a new tool here. So I wouldn't hate having more tools against Control. But I think that this is worth looking at. I added this one to the list. I think it's kind of cool. I was going to add it when you didn't. Because I was reading through spoilers. And I was like, oh my lordy lordy. This card's busted. Uh, I think Scene of the Crime would have maybe been interesting if Karn hadn't gotten banned. Yeah. Yeah. It's another artifact land. Yeah. All right, you ready for top fives? I'm ready for top fives. Sure, yeah. yeah. Mine are bad, but yeah. I posted mine in the uh, the pod live chat. Uh, if anybody's listening and you want to check out our list, you can go in there. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll run through mine. I went number five, Lightning Helix. Number four, Krenko's Buzz Crusher. Uh, Number three, I went Insidious Brutes. I'm putting that one high, even though I think it's going to be, you know, that's my my wild card take here. Uh, Three, I've got the Leyline. And number one, 
uh, I might have said three. Two, I've got the ley line. Number one, I've got no more lies. Okay. I think that's pretty solid. Uh, for my list, personally, I knew both of you were going to say no more lies as your talk card, so I chose to not be lame. <laughs> I chose to take the spicy route. Uh, so my honorable mention is Helix. I think that card's like going to be pretty 50-50 whether or not it's his play. Uh, yeah. The Bone Crusher will obviously see some play. Crunchyroll's Bone Crusher. But number four is Case of Shattered Pact. I talked myself into All it. All right. Like this card. <laughs> Treacherous Greed, I have to have this in my top five. This card is either busting the format in half or it does nothing. So I'm going to take the 50-50. Um, no More Lies is my second. And I'm going to also do another 50-50 with my number one and say lay down to the guilt pack because I'm going to buy a place out of this card. I'm going to play it a lot. I think the only hmm. problem with this card is I saw commander players tweeting about it. So it makes me feel like I'm stupid. But maybe it's playable in other formats. Hmm. Uh, my turn. All right. Go uh, yeah, I'm going go with a all uncommon top five. I believe it's all uncommon, just because uh, I feel like they've really been increasing the power level of uncommons recently, and uh, I haven't really been impressed by a lot of the rares. I think a lot of the rares are just their EDH fodder or you know stuff for standard, and I haven't really been. In- happy with any of the rares recently but um my top five i got snarling gorehound i think someone's gonna break that um someone's gonna bust that uh number four is novice inspector that's definitely going to see some play um novice novice so novice 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 i was gonna let me keep saying no vice it was so funny novice novice okay and then three i got breakout um i think that'll be another good card just digging six is very powerful effect there'll be some card that they can grab that will definitely help it you know you know, break up that or say, make that card really popular in the future. Lightning Helix again. I think somebody will find a spot for that. Um, they'll they'll force it in there, and then uh, no more lies. I, I I can only see the white part of the card, but it's pretty powerful. You know, the, the XL. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna burst your bubble a little bit though. It's yeah. not all uncommon. Two of those cards are common. Are they? I'm oh, sorry. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, less than it's rare. Okay. There we go. Yeah, I hate rares and mythics. Ryan died. There we go. I don't like spending money. Penny, mm-hmm. my penny pitcher, penny pincher top five. There we go. Penny pincher viewers, listen up. Yes. All right, Ryan's your Co- boy. Couponer, I'm the couponer Ryan. There we go. There we go. <laughs> we did it. All right. Uh, well, that's probably going to be it for our episode then. So that's our review of this set for Pioneer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you guys enjoy this content, you know, probably the next thing we usually do is we go ahead and start with our initial brews from the set. Mm-hmm. We start then looking at what is actually being played once the cards get into people's hands, get into people's online inventories, whatever you want to call that. And we get to see what's going on. Uh, so what you want to do is go ahead and follow us at MTG Pioneer and you'll be able to stay up to date as we post and talk about all of these interesting murders at Karlov Manor mm. cards. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter if you want to uh, stop and say hello. Uh, I'm at... Uh, Yo Japan Hobbies, but basically I'm on Discord all the time. I live there, so come on in, say hello. What up? It's your boy, Ashok in the clothes. Um, I got two things I'm going to quickly shout out because I got projects going on, and I want to shout them out so that people can kind of understand what's going on. Um, over the weekend, I was at Saskatoon for the face-to-face, and I got ninth. I was very sad about it. Mm. The, the, mm. the best part was it was like a 49-player tournament for Modern, so mm-hmm. whatever, but... Um, I walked away with no invite to the RC and Oof. and twenty dollars star credit and an express iteration. So I'm big tilted, but mm. hey, it'd be okay. But my my pet project that I'm working on right now is I, I'm doing an event locally here that's a give back to the judges type event where uh, the entry fee is like a food bank donation, and the entire idea is 
all of the judges are playing and I'm the head judge. I have no idea what policy is. I have no idea how, how to be a judge in magic. So, uh, I'm going to be giving, I'm going to be giving, it's, it's what we called it was, it was a instead of comp REL, it was vibes REL. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to be giving my rulings based on vibes and I'm also going to be going around to matches with a one to 100, uh, randomizer and whatever it lands on, there's something that like ends up happening in the match. Like, uh, for example, some of the things that we thought about is, uh, I'm going to, uh, like if they roll uh, a 50 balance goes on the stack, um, I have the ability to uh, morph their pens into crayons that they have to use for the rest of the mat huh. or rest of the day to be able to write their life totals. Um, whoever solves a crossword first uh, gets to cast ancestral recall. Like just a fun, goofy event for all the judges. So it's uh, it's like unhinged fun. meets uh, playing competitive chase. magic. Competitive magic, yeah. Like okay. the the only the only prize is a three D printed trophy that says they're the best judge. So. Huh. No stakes, just having fun. Um, if you have any ideas for anything to add to my random numberizer sheet, at me in the Discord. I would love more ideas of how to make my judge friends' day a little bit a little bit worse. <laughs> nice, love it. I'll give you some ideas there. All right, that's going to bring us into our episode. Oh, I was also going to shout out. Uh, you know, both Ashiak and I will be at MedgeCon Chicago. If any of you are there. Um, you know, let us know. We'll uh, we'll happily say hello to you. Yeah, if you see the six four guy with red hair and uh, a nose chain, uh, that's me. So come mm-hmm. up and say hi. And I I'm six five, but I look like every other magic player. So <laughs> fair enough. The big bald guy with a beard. Right. Okay, uh, that's gonna bring us to our episode here. We are the first Pioneers podcast. Thank you guys all for listening. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. And because this is the Murders at Karlov Manor set, we are Ravnica-ing out. Because let's not forget that this is a Ravnica set. <laughs>